Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. Your host, Jake Burns. We're going to enlighten you today on the 14th day of training camp, what happened at Tuesday's practice, some of the quotes from practice. I'm not sure what the crossover audience is for my Twitch uh, show on Tuesday night here now. I, I switched it to Tuesday night. If you didn't know that, Chalk Talk bumps up a couple days. That will be the regular schedule during the season. I don't know how many of you are crossing over, so I'm trying to give you some fresh content on top of that. Maybe there's not many. I don't know. But I did end up, at the end of this podcast, attaching the... Q&A I did for the first hour on the show. The second hour, I had all 22 tape. I've been lucky enough to come across that, which is great for my film study. If you didn't check that out, you're not an OBR subscriber. We have a 75% off offer going on right now, 26 bucks for the whole year for an annual subscription. You get my Monday and Tuesday, once games push to Sunday, obviously. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, defensive, all 22 review, and offense, all 22 review. I mean, like I said, I unlocked today's uh, which is the, the Tuesday edition of the offense to give you an idea of what that looks like. It's 3,200 words, a ton of bullet points, a ton of scouting notes. I'm going through and looking at personnel from the whole game and lightening you on 11, 12, 13, 22, 21 personnel, how often they're running it, what type of schemes they're running. There's so much information in there. And then all the player analysis you can need, especially with where guys are lining up, how they're playing, PFF grades, snap counts, all there. So just a reminder to go read those if you want uh, If you want to see what it's like and join us. If you're a subscriber and you haven't read them, you should read them. Very enlightening stuff. So again, back half of this episode, I'm going to share that Twitch show with you kind of just unfiltered. Now, there's no alerts. There's no annoying noises. I turn those off, so it's a pretty clean audio for you, uh, which is important because I know it's annoying hearing those things in your ear, so turn those off. Um, the 14th day of camp was very light. Uh, there's still a crew of people that are not practicing. The Denzel Ward thing's getting weird. They released the second depth chart. They don't have him listed as injured. I, I don't know if they're being super cautious with him. Sheldrick Redwine is still out with the ankle. MJ Stewart's still out. Alexander Holland's still out. Tony Field's still dealing with the, the foot who's been out all camp. And Clowney was out as well. Not sure if that's more scheduled rest or what. Uh, getting him ready, but that's kind of the list of people who are out. Sound like Anthony Schwartz, Grant Delpit, Ronnie Harrison all return, which is great. Really excited to see Anthony Schwartz. Grant Delpit, I continue to just hope he's back by midseason and to himself. That's all I'm hoping for. Ronnie Harrison, obviously important part of this thing. We know who he is. Um, two guys went to the IR. We've talked about Steven Carlson, Ryan Switzer. Wouldn't commit. Stefanski's key quote was that there is no locked-in four tight-end thing. He won't say they have to. They could do some different things. They could, you know, keep a fullback that they maybe weren't intending to keep. They could keep an extra running back like Felton, who's a hybrid. Opens the doors to a lot of stuff. I think Stefanski's kind of uh, leaving that out in the open. But on the day, I saw a couple plays uh, sent to me that were that were nifty. A David Njoku seven-on-seven big catch. Nice, nice leaping effort. Um, Jojo Natson had a nice catch. I also heard Jarvis Landry was a dominant force in seven on seven. Davion Davis was, a uh, saw a video of that up the left sideline, uh, caught a diving catch, which was, which is nice to see. He's making an impression, man. He's going to keep getting real snaps and he's auditioning not only for Cleveland's practice squad, but somebody in the league could pick him up and play him. Right. So the giants come in. So everyone's going to be very, uh, very much. Uh, on their P's and Q's, you don't want to have any have any fights. And Stefanski made sure to note that, like, unlike Freddie Kitchens with the with the Colts thing, where he said fights are inevitable, 
They're not necessarily inevitable in these things. You can take care of each other, and I hope the Browns do find a way to take care of each other, and there's nothing nefarious between these two franchises because we know this is where Odell came from. If they do give Odell snaps and that to get him ready, or Sunday, you hope nothing shady goes on. So that's a big part of things. Mac Wilson, day-to-day, again with the shoulder, I'm reminding you. And then a really cool video of Baker going over and thanking the troops, which was neat because... You know, they deserve that. They deserve our our praise for what they do. Otherwise, not a ton to know. Uh, you know, joint practices are looming, so they're going to be soft sessions. And, uh, yeah, that's that's the extent of it right now. We'll see some clips, hopefully, from those joint sessions, see some things that matter, some one-on-one, some skelly, maybe some team periods. They're not going to tackle to the ground, but those will be the things to pay attention to. So we're going to get over to our Twitch episode now. Uh, like I said, just a ton of Q&A, good questions about current things with the Browns or the NFL, whatever. I think there's a lot of really good stuff in here. So hopefully you enjoy it and we will get over to that episode right now. Make sure to join our Twitch, please. We need your support. Thank you. Let's get over that first hour of Chalk Talk on Twitch right now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think you see me. I think we're live. I don't know if I'm doing this. Uh, I don't know if I'm doing this perfectly right. Trying to learn this process as I go. Shout out to Andy Lytle, as you all know, who does a fantastic job hosting this show uh, throughout the week. Uh, does Mondays pregame, all that stuff. He's helped me learn the process. I've got like five different monitors with just my face on it right now. My iPad's here, trying to make sure everything looks right. It's kind of like Inception right now. Uh, it's tripping me out a little bit, so I'm gonna try to do my best to uh, to keep uh, to keep everything on track. So if it's not great, reminder: this is the first time I've done this, and uh, it could it could it could end up ultimately going kind of bad. I already had a I already had a mishap. Got to keep my mouse on the right computer. So again, don't dock uh, don't dock my overall review here, guys. I'm trying my best. Uh, the new mic should be in soon. Yes, I listen. I got. I'm going to talk through this thing with you guys. I got the new mic. Uh, it's over here. If you know anything about Shure mics, it's really nice. Feeling good about it. It's already got a dog hair on it. That kind of sucks. But uh, yeah, got it here. Was about to put it up. This boom arm or whatever you call it, you podcasters out there, it doesn't fit. So got to get that rectified. Got to get it fixed. Got to get a new one ordered. I think it's going to be here tomorrow. We'll see. We're here to talk about offense, though. You don't want to hear me blabber on entirely too much. I wanted to give the chance for people on Twitter to ask questions about whatever you want to ask about. I also teased on last night's training camp show uh, that we would be spending time talking about offense specifically today because I had had not had a chance to uh, watch the offense yet from the All-22 angle, which now I have. So pretty excited about what I saw. I want to share it with you. So as we go through this, Feel free to 
share whatever you want to share in the comments section. Ask whatever question you want to ask. I can throw your question up there. We can answer it. But you're spending time with me for the first hour solo. And then you're going to get some uh, some time to hear from John Stephenson, who is our, as I say, our resident uh, X and O's guru. He does a fantastic job as a, as a coach at, at the current level he's coaching at. And we'll let him talk a little bit more about that for you guys. I did today receive this really awesome gift, signed Nick Chubb jersey, framed, really cool, uh, from a friend of mine, way above my pay grade. I'm uh, going to have to hang that somewhere in here. I have to figure out where to put it. Maybe I'll put it behind me. I don't know. I really like the sign we have behind me, but I uh, did get that jersey, so pretty pumped. I wanted to share that with you guys. Maybe I'll hold it up here real quick. We're running a lot of wires here, right? There's a little signed action. It's pretty nice. Got cards on the bottom, all that fun stuff. Didn't expect to get that, but we got it. I have to figure out a place for it at some point. Anyway, let's talk about questions we've seen on Twitter. If you guys have questions, again, you who... uh. You guys who are here live, you are the most important people to this show. I will take your questions at any time, but I did. Uh, what color hoodie or what hoodie are we rocking? Just the uh, the couple years ago, three years ago, I think the property uh, of the Browns one. Yeah, I'm still waiting on the ability to get the circular elf one that Stefanski keeps wearing. It looks really comfortable. It's a Nike one. Uh, still trying to find that. If you guys know where it is, try to uh, hook your brother up here, man. I would appreciate knowing where that link is because I can't find it anywhere. I've seen these knockoffs. So I don't want to knock off. I know they don't sell the equipment one, but um, yeah, you know, whatever. Try to find it. It's the only one that's cool right now. So uh, I don't have a Hawaiian shirt, unlike uh, our good friend Stephen Thomas. Um, but I do have some varying sweatshirt colors. It's the best I can do. Let's throw up and share this other screen. We can go through some of the questions, like I said, on Twitter. I'll try my best to read them to you so that you guys can see them. Uh, at Mark M. Heston, uh, which tight end has the best season this year? Uh, I will predict that Austin Hooper has the best season until I see that Austin Hooper doesn't have the best season. I think by sheer volume, Austin Hooper is in line to have the best season this year. Until I see David Njoku sort of slow down um, the speed, uh, the progress that Hooper's made, I think Njoku is going to be a really good tight end. I, I mean, he is, I think, already a really good tight end. I think he could eventually cut into some of Hooper's targets. But for now, the safe bet is that Hooper gets the lion's share of the targets and thus has the better season. But Njoku could easily get there. Uh, question number two here from Jay. Uh, let's see if I can pronounce this name right and see if my computer will actually load it. Uh, Jay... Jord, Jord, I hope I'm saying your name right, man. Uh, how do you think Chubb and Hunt will split touches this year? Assuming both are healthy, does Chubb carry majority of the carries with Hunt more of a pass catching back? I think your second question you answered correctly. I think you're probably going to see like a 68-32 split. Uh, is probably something along the lines of what you're going to see there uh, with, with a little bit more of an uptick than has traditionally been seen by... Uh, by by last year's standards, just because of how things got skewed when Nick was out. So something like 68-32 with, with uh, Kareem seeing a lot of pass-catching opportunities is my early guess. It could get to 70-30, but it could also get as low as 60-40 as they try to keep the wear and tear on Nick. But they've also given him a new contract, so they want to make sure they get the most out of him. Some people that have followed, um, we've had some follows. I want to shout out those follows at the beginning of the show. Uh, try to at least the people that that checked us out before this began wagon four three four five give 100 bits thank you for that um it looks like kachows with the exclamation point which reminds me of my son watches cars all right that has that kachow whatever great host here trying to make you laugh hopefully it's working uh that appreciate that follow we got there uh let me see if there was any other follows 
uh, JXW727. I think that's a thousand bits. That's a fantastic thing. Thank you so much for that. And let me see if I missed any others. Our boy Andy Cleves throwing 100 bits in. Appreciate you, man. And that's it for now. So we'll keep uh, keep going through. Again, if you guys have questions, I'll take your questions as we go through this these uh, questions and uh, throughout this. Brown's mock draft, anytime he replies to me, I just typically ignore it. It's best best thing to do for everybody involved. Uh, why do certain pundits keep saying that Baker is limited? What colors, uh, sorry, sorry, what qualities do you does he supposedly lack? If I could read. I think what Baker has to do, our good friend John Colosimo posted on Twitter today how poor he was for the first six weeks when he was blitzed and how quickly he turned that around and was the second highest EPA quarterback the rest of the year from week six on against the blitz. Just continually show that he can make plays in what are called true pass set scenarios. You know, make and make plays outside of uh, just three blitzers, make plays outside of screen passes, play action, those typical dropbacks. If he can keep showing quality data in those, those people will start to quiet down. You win playoff games, you show that you can handle non-play. And I, I listen, I think they should give him play action as often as possible. But if you can do those things, he'll have a really good chance to quiet some of those haters. Um, he's just got to continue to show that he can do it. He's got to be consistent. How has Dunn looked? Our friend Jim Russell, Jim underscore Russell underscore 18. How has Dunn looked at center? I just can't see Harris being the long-term future. We are going to talk extensively about Nick Harris here in just a little bit, okay? We're going to show you, which is great. We have all 22 access, which is not something that is up right now on NFL. Some of you have asked. Uh, it is not up right now uh, on the NFL Game Pass. We have been able to come across it. Magically appeared in my inbox. I don't know how. There's an all-22 elf out there just kind of distributing this stuff, but... We were lucky enough to come across it, so I'm going to share it with you guys as loyal followers of this Twitch. Nobody else is getting the live action of this stuff, but you will. You'll get a great view of the game here in just a little bit if you hang around. Uh, I can't see Harris being the long-term future there given his struggles due to lack of size. He does have a lack of size. So Nick Harris is undersized for the position. The thing about playing center in the NFL is you often can get by because you don't have to take on one-on-one blocks all too often. And you can, you can be a chip guy, a guy who handles twists and stunts and a secondary helper. I thought I was down on him from the TV view, but once I saw more of it, how, how well he handled uh, exchanging stunts up front. And again, I'll show you examples of this later. And I think he, he has a knack for picking those things up perfectly. I really liked how he handled it the other day. His anchor, what you're talking about here, his anchor is going to be the thing that is most interesting for him. He does this sort of hop retreat. It's a, it's a technique. It's a hop technique. You kind of anchor, you kind of regather, push forward, re-anchor, and that's what he's using right now due to the size issues. We'll see if he can handle it long term. I don't know if he's going to be able to handle it. That's what his ability to do that, though, will be what ends up making or breaking his NFL career. Uh, Jim, uh, good good follow here on Twitter. I think it's at Althea. I hope I'm saying these right, man. Underscore 4017. Anthony Schwartz citing. It looks like today we saw Kevin Stefanski say um, that he is back at practice. I didn't get to go to practice. I won't go tomorrow. We're going to be out of town over the weekend, so I won't be able to see any practice. But from what I gather and what I heard from Kevin Stefanski, it does look like he is going to be back uh, either today or he's going to start ramping it up into next week. Corey Kennan. Ah, that's a Josh Rosen question. Yeah, he's trying to be funny. Uh, we'll try to get out of that one. If we can get this thing to load quick. Uh, any other questions that we have? Uh, let's go to an actual question from this show. If I can get this thing to slide on over here. Here we go. 
So Brian, RVT says, odds they keep Keenum if Kyle continues to press, cap savings would be significant. They have already paid a portion of Keenum's money. They would save a little bit of money. I think that to, to for Kyle Aletta against third stringers, so late second string third stringers to 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 earn the backup job in preseason would be short-sighted. I think it's realistic to see them move on from Case after this season, but uh, Kyle can be a practice squad quarterback, or he's auditioning for others around the NFL. So um, I just don't think it's wise to move on from Case sort of haphazardly like that. I just just a couple preseason games doesn't really change enough for me. Um, is there any scenario where Davis makes the team, Davion Davis? I do not think so. I think that there are five, now six, now seven wide receivers are fighting for six spots. If you include the top two, the LSU tandem, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Rashard Higgins, Anthony Schwartz, Demetric Felton, and Kadero Hodge. There's six spots there, and, and I know they're talking again this week about getting Demetric Felton back into running back a little bit, but um, I just think that I just think it's going to be hard for guys like, and these are good players. Like Jamarcus Bradley is a good player. Davion Davis are good players, but they're just not good enough. There's some teams I think though in the NFL that they can play for. So as much as preseason about trying to make your team, you're ultimately auditioning for the rest of the NFL too. So uh, keep that in mind. I think those guys, would you love to get Davion Davis or Jamarcus Bradley on your practice squad of course of course you would and i think that they should try to do that until they can do that he had some nice routes the other day and we're gonna watch him here in just a little bit i really like some of the nuance he's not overly twitchy doesn't burst out of cuts crazy crazy quick like you would like or you're accustomed to seeing some of the people on the browns but um yeah you know that's kind of the scenario that we have in front of us for those guys at the end of the wide receiver room. It's a tough position to crack and who who thought we would have ever been saying that about the browns wide receiver room Next question from DGB605. Another question on backup O-line. Hans seemed terrible. I did not think Blake Hans played very well. I personally did not like the film from Blake Hans last year. I think he's just he's not as athletic as the guys who are playing in front of him. He, he's nowhere near as competent as Michael Dunn, in my opinion. And I just think there's something missing there. The athleticism isn't great. We're going to watch some clips where I think he does not pass off. Uh, especially in wide zone. He either is the front side wide zone player where he has to help the center to get around the, the first level, the first level defensive tackle doesn't do a great job in that. And then when he's trying to work as the guy trailing the play, he didn't do very well. I just, I'm not all too high on Blake Hans. He seemed terrible. Why is, uh, why have, sorry, why not? This is a little uh, grammatically incorrect here. Why not have Forbes slotted behind Teller? This is going to be a competitive position going into last year, but now Forbes seems to be written off. I too have been surprised that Drew Forbes has been a third-team guy. He's been that way seemingly the whole camp. So I don't, I don't know why, but it seems like, uh, seems like that's the the way it's going. I thought he played pretty well the other day. In the next two weeks, I would look for Drew Forbes to potentially move up and have a better chance if he moves up the totem pole to get a chance to play maybe that right guard position uh, opposite Michael Dunn because Michael Dunn has a little bit of center experience. I know the question before asked about him playing center. He only had five center snaps, so he has not had a ton. So at some point he's going to get more center snaps as they continue to look around, do some different things with feeling this whole thing out. They like to move people around. Uh, but I, I thought Forbes played pretty well. We're going to talk about him a little bit when we watch film. Uh, he was, he was most clean in pass protection. When he gets, when he gets latched onto you in pass protection, he's pretty dang tough. I think that that's been consistent through the two preseasons we've seen him play. I'd like to see him get some more meaningful reps, though. Okay, next question from TMAAG, which could be TMAG. 
chances we see m- maybe potentially moving on from Hollywood for one of these young wide receivers, considering on the guardrails is always the bottom of the roster and all these young wide receivers looking good and making big plays. I guess it's possible. You're really threatening team chemistry there because I think Rashard Higgins isn't going to go for 800 yards, but I do think he's a valuable cog in the wide receiver room and a valuable cog for Baker Mayfield. So you're threatening or dancing with a little bit of danger there. I think Kaderil Hodge is more likely to go uh, in this scenario than than Higgins. Uh, but again, Higgins is on a one-year deal, so if they wanted to trade the wide receiver from a position of strength, because right now I feel like Donovan Peoples-Jones, the way he was playing X the other day, and he was out after two series, Higgins and Hodge kept playing, he sort of has his foot in the door as the number three receiver. Uh, so if they do want to go ahead and move around uh, and say, hey, we really need another backup rotational defensive end. Let's call Indianapolis and say, hey, talk to us about what you have. There's potential for that kind of swap. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, asked on Twitter as well, do you think an uptick in 11 personnel continues? So I had some data. Yeah, I don't know if you guys got on and read my uh, 3,200 words I wrote about the offense. And it's packed. Of, I don't – listen, no one else is doing this in the market. I just – I think that what the, what I'm doing with that stuff is pretty unique. I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just saying nobody else is doing it, is giving you insights like that. You should read them because you're going to know all about what the Browns do on both sides of the football. It does keep me up until 2 a.m. most nights. I'm podcasting at 1 a.m. and trying to edit it uh, to get it all live and give you as much information as we can. I would appreciate it if you read it. There's a lot of work, a lot of work that goes into that. I made it free today so that you guys could take advantage of a 75% offer, 75% off an annual subscription with our website, which is a really cool thing. It's only $26 for 12 months. That's pretty great for the amount of content I think you get. And it's not just in-season content. You get content from Lane Atkins, Rumor Central, when we get to free agency, when we get to the draft. He always has the breadcrumbs that tell you where the Browns are going. Brad Stainbrook is fantastic connecting with agents. It's, he's got real connections. I've seen him. I'm not making it up. He's like, Brad's 20. He's a savant for a young kid doing this thing, man. Uh, he's, he's really good. Anyway, back to the question here. So I calculated this. I'm a loser, and I went through every single snap and looked at personnel, right? I counted up how many tight ends, running back, wide receivers on the field. I did it for every snap. There's technically 71 snaps, but they took a knee on one, so I'm not going to count that. Get mad at me if you want, but I'm not going to count it. Uh, they ran 42 snaps of 11 personnel, which I saw that. Eyebrows raised. The Browns last year led the NFL in, in uh, two-plus tight ends in use for the whole season. So any formation that included two or more tight ends, they led the entire NFL. Over 500 snaps with two or more tight ends. They were one of the leading team, if not the leading team, in 13 personnel. What that means is one running back, three wide receivers. Or sorry, eliminate everything I just said, men in black. One running back, three tight ends. Then one wide receiver obviously would be included in that scenario. So uh, obviously 12 personnel is one running back, two tight ends. Uh, 10 personnel, uh, as you would obviously imagine, is just one running back, four wide receivers, so on and so forth. You can you can do the math there. 22 personnel, two running backs, typically one running back, one fullback, two tight ends, 21 personnel, two running backs, one tight end, so on and so forth. Okay. Rarely you would ever see 20 personnel, which is two running backs and no tight ends, three wide receivers. It always equals five. You got to think whatever it is it equals five. So if it's 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, how many do we need to get to five? Three wide receivers. Just a thing for you. We did this in chalk talk sessions. You can find those on YouTube. Um, so the Browns led the league in two plus tight end usage in 2020. I said that they were 31st and 11 person. 11 personnel has become so popular across the NFL. Okay. It is like Sean McVay's Rams. The Bengals actually led the NFL last year in 75%. It gives you a ton of flexibility. Teams do not run five wide receiver sets like you see in college. Okay. 
They do not run 10 personnel. It's very rare one tight end, four wide receivers. Like four wide receiver sets are super rare. Cardinals had quite a few, but it's very rare. Okay. The, the Vikings were the only team in the NFL with more, or sorry, less 11 personnel. The Browns and the Titans were both at like 40, uh, the 40.7% and 11 personnel. They were tied for 31st together. Obviously they run similar systems. Arthur Motes, who's uh, moved down and, and, and is now the head coach in the, He's from the Shanahan Kubiak tree. He's the head coach in Atlanta now. Um, anyway, um, so the, the the thing about the Vikings where the Vikings actually led the NFL in 21 personnel, two tight ends, one two running backs, one tight end. They used C.J. Ham. They used the fullback a ton. So Cleveland is more tight end usage. The Vikings more where Stefanski came from, obviously, heavy ties to that system, are more C.J. Ham fullback usage. So uh, the thing to pay attention to is, like, can the Browns creep toward the 50-60% in uh, 11 personnel? This is 60%. I'm like, okay, 40 of 70 snaps is quite a few. That's an uptick. But when you dig in and look at why, you'll see. The first three possessions, which are neutral times in the game, early in the first quarter, late in the first quarter, early in the second quarter, they ran 25 plays in this game, only eight of them, so only 32%. We're in 11 personnel, okay? Then inside of six minutes, five minutes and some change in the second quarter, they were trying to speed it up, you know, run that four-minute offense. They uh, they they ran all, all 17 plays to close the half were in 11 personnel. They got the ball back again with a minute and 13 seconds left in the second quarter. Davion Davis touchdown, if you recall, right before half. They ran all 17. So that skews it a little bit. They ran a series in the second half where they had 20 plays. If you guys recall, I think it was like a 91-yard drive, 20 plays, really cool. They had a ton of 11 personnel plays there. So what I think they're doing is they lost Steven Carlson, don't have all their tight ends, didn't want to play two running backs, didn't want to play Johnny Stanton and somebody else. So that leads them to just say, hey, we'll throw out Ryan Switzer in the slot. They just just some comfort things. Maybe Stefanski's toying with us. I don't know. But that that indicator to me, the 25 plays in the first three series, only eight of them were at 11 personnel. That tells me really all I needed to know uh, that they're still going to be who they are. Their identity is identity. It might creep toward 45% by the end of the year could be game plan dependent. Um, We'll see. But anyway, that's the stuff I like to keep track of. And that's the stuff you will get as an OBR subscriber all the time. I'll share some of it on the podcast. If you listen to the podcast, but for the most part, we're going to keep that stuff pretty unified to your subscription because I think that stuff. And if I get on Twitch, because you guys are loyal followers and loyal subscribers of Twitch, I'll pass that along to you too. But you can see my notes, right? This is official. These are official notes that I keep the whole time. Even put it on official Brown's letterhead. Getting crazy. Don't steal my notes. Anyway, wanted to share that with you. I do not know that they will jump up in 11 personnel at any, uh, any given time. Next question. In the pod, you mentioned there was a, a slight shift in personnel groupings at the end of the preseason. Are you going to reevaluate projects and volume? Yes, we will do projection of volume. I get three games of evidence. I'll start to kind of creep into what I think they're going to do. Um, let me see here. I think it jumped to the bottom. I need to go back up and I see if I missed any questions. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I apologize. Um, did we answer this one back up? We did uh, in the pod. Sorry. Hollywood doesn't play special teams. Yeah, he will this year if they keep him around. How many, let's see here. Okay, how many offensive possessions extra per game do you think the Browns will have compared to last year? It's a good question. They, uh, over the course of the year, might average maybe one or two, uh, but I don't know that it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. They'll just get more stops. I don't know if it'll be more turnovers. I think you could justify the one or two range. They had really good turnover luck last year. 
forcing fumbles, actually creating some interceptions. They just couldn't get off the field on third down. So I hope that that is where they can, uh, you know, figure things out to an extent. Is getting off the field on third down is going to be important. Uh, any whispers about Wilson, positive or negative? I think you're talking Mac Wilson here. I nothing but positive has come out of camp. Now the shoulder injury seems like an AC joint grade one, so it's not serious. He should be back probably by late this week. Try to play maybe in the game, but next week I think he's been it's been positive. Um, so we'll just have to keep keep our eye on it. He's been nothing but positive. He's got to continue to prove it in situations that matter. Any update on the Teller contract extension? We have heard nothing at the OBR as of I know. We have not. I personally have not spoke to Lane in a while about that. There could be some rumblings. Sort of the public, uh, the public things from Teller have not hinted at many conversations. I think if the if Teller comes out, he was his first really good year last year. If he can come out and have a really good start to the season. That could be a potential in-season conversation. Your next question is about Nick Harris again. Does he make the team? Let me lay out to you where the wide the, the offensive line room is right now. They, you have the five big dogs. We all know who the five big dogs are, right? Um, you add in, they kept nine linemen to start last year. Could they keep 10? Maybe. But if you look at the, the, the locks, Chris Hubbard, guard tackle experience, lock. Played pretty well in his two series the other day, coming back from a knee injury. Looks good. Happy about that. Like I said, lock. James Hudson is going to be a lock. You know, it was ugly. We're going to document some of the ugliness of his first uh, his first NFL snaps, but he's a lock. Michael Dunn, in my opinion, I can't see him not being a lock, especially with the quote Bill Callahan had the other day to Joe Thomas on, on live, uh, live TV when they were broadcasting the game, talking about, you know, I love me some Michael Dunn. I think he's an absolute lock. He can snap the football. He played tackle at Maryland, so he has some of that experience. And he can handle that. And then obviously is playing stellar guard of late. Okay. And he's a bit older. He's not young. I think people forget that. He's floated around the league for a little bit. He's not young. He just found the right scheme finally. Uh, And I just always think of how well he played against Cam Hayward. And I think too about how Blake Hans had to play left tackle against the Chiefs because Jedrick Wills left early and how much different that game could have gone for the Browns if, if, uh, if Michael Dunn could have played left tackle. I'm just lost in thought right now. Anyway. Uh, and then lastly, you're looking at one spot left. Do you want to get and keep Nick Harris? Again, a, a projectable chance he could be your long-term center behind J.C. Treader, but would you rather keep Drew Forbes, Alex Taylor, who we're going to talk about, the left tackle who was a UDFA last year? He looks the part, man. I really like what I've seen from Alex Taylor. So it's like you have this trio, Forbes, Harris, and Alex Taylor. Which one of those guys do you want to keep? Do you want to keep two of three? That's where I'm at right now. We will update you as we go on this uh, based on performance, but those are the three fighting for the ninth or 10th spot. Okay. Um, kind of keep scrolling here. I do not get sleep. Uh, if someone has said that I haven't slept <laughs> since 06, that is true. Uh, any other questions of maybe I have missed any other questions? Uh, I have not. Let's go back to Twitter real quick. Uh, question for Mitchell Fink. We're not going to answer that one. Okay, we, get, we answered the question about Keenum. Russell asked this question about Case Keenum and Kyle Lalletta. I think Kyle Lalletta has to keep playing out of his mind um, to, to really take over that role. Um, yeah, good question from Paul Spencer, which is, can you explain to us what's going on? Again, it keeps going to the wrong one. I love Twitter. Can you explain to us what's going on with Game Pass? I do not know what's going on with Game Pass. It is... They have completely seemed to overhaul their system. If you're a Game Pass purchaser, uh, they have overhauled their system. 
and they have taken away all 22. They have taken away the ability to jump play to play with the write-ups. It is a far inferior product to what it was before. I hope they can fix it because a lot of people pay a lot of money. Um, let's look at Freddie Shermer's question here. Hopefully I'm saying your last name right, Freddie. AJ Green, Marvin Wilson odds to make the team. Also Greg Sanat over Hubbard to save money. Everybody wants to save money. I... <laughs> I know, I know you want to trim as much for rollover as you can, but I'm not keeping Greg Sanat over Hubbard. I like Hubbard too much. He's proven. Greg Sanat is he's fine, but he is not an athletic, bendable, handle speed. Like, you put Greg Sanat against T.J. Watt, it's it's going to be a field day for T.J. Watt. Like, if you put guys who can run and turn the corner with dip, uh, turn the corner really low, I, he's going to struggle with that. He blocked fairly well the other day uh, on Saturday in terms of both – gap and zone schemes but I, I just don't see enough athletic ability out of his kick step to get where he needs to be with balance to handle uh to handle people like hubbard can and plus hubbard's guard tackle flexibility is really nice he's experienced as hell too and that matters aj green is your leader in the clubhouse at cornerback five in my opinion you have your top four you have denzel greg newsome greedy troy hill as your corners and then you're looking for a fifth guy to keep you could kind of slot MJ Stewart as a corner, but he's playing a little hybrid. I think AJ Green's been the most effective of everybody on the field in that role. Um, and, and I was kind of surprised by the Keandre Thomas thing, but um, AJ Green has played really sticky outside corner, 80.4 grade in coverage the other day. He had a pass breakup on the only pass that came his direction. I like how well he mirrors people. He seems to jump routes, gets a little handsy. I think if he plays a lot, if he were to play 300 snaps this year, he'd probably get a couple flags but I just think that's how he plays. Marvin Wilson, it's early. The, Tommy Togiai and Marvin Wilson, I'm trying not to like make my entire uh, impression from just that game. I, I don't think, uh, I didn't think either of them played well. They both played a little high. I thought Tommy Togiai played especially high without leverage. Uh, question here from Kareem. Brian Allen at corner did not play much. When he did, he got beat once. Um I think he's probably going to be a roster cut down in the next cut down session. I just don't, I don't see him being a long-term part of this roster. Um, I think Chubb, this question over here, I think Chubb will have a bigger part in the passing game. I feel 40 receptions over the season. will keep defenses guessing. If he gets 40 targets, I would be surprised, let alone 40 catches. They could uptick it from where he's been, but that's a lot of catches over that short period, uh, uh, just a year in an offense that doesn't use it that often. And when they do, they like to get a guy who's better at it. So, I think I think that you'll see Kareem still get a lion's share of those. Um, Kareem, I hope I answered your question. I just haven't seen enough from Brian Allen to be a serious contender for a roster spot. Uh, we're going to keep going. Uh, the, the other question from Matt Sala asked about Chubb hunting the backfield together. I think they only had like three snaps together in the backfield together at any one point on the field same time last year. Uh, didn't, didn't appear to me that they were going to do it last year. I don't know why they would do it this year. I think we all remember – when Kareem came back from the eight game suspension in 2019 and some of the, the outside the box thinking that Freddie kitchens was trying to do with them on the field at the same time, they could, uh, they could, but I think they do like rotating them in and keeping legs fresh and having one on for the other. If Davis continues to play well, what are the next steps? I think if he continues to play well, he has a realistic shot at being a, a guy who wasn't even signed as of late. Uh, was a late signee to Cleveland, if he keeps practicing and playing really well, he has a chance to make the practice squad. Or if he continues to blow it out of the water, 
you know, keep keep really playing well, he could get a roster spot at a place that has short depth at wide receiver. So that's the next step. Could you see Schwartz taking over Natson's role last year pre-ACL tear for jet sweeps, quick screens, uh, 100%. I think that's a, a part of what he was drafted for was pushing vertical routes post nine go corners, things like that. But he was also brought in to be a zero to 100 guy quickly. And that's where uh, the jet sweep stuff will work. They did not run a reminder. They did not run any pre-snap intensive motion to, to mess with the defense at all. Three times they motioned the running back out of the backfield the other day, but it was super vanilla. They were not trying to do any of that. The jet sweep stuff, the misdirection laterally, will be a big part of what they do this year. Swartz is the leader in the clubhouse for that role. But Felton can also do a little bit of it too. Okay. All right. Our good friend Dan already touched on the four halfback, one fullback because of the Carlson injury. Um, yeah, I mean – We'll we'll get there. The third tight end, the fourth tight end thing, which Stefanski noted today, is not necessarily something uh, that he will be tied to. They can create ways to make it work. Uh, they can be uh, they can keep a fullback. They can keep uh, an extra receiver like Hodge. They the two guys, Jordan Franks, number eighty seven, was far more effective effective than Connor Davis. Connor Davis is a very plotting guy. He didn't even block very well, and he's a big fella. He didn't block well. His angles were all out of whack. I didn't think he took the correct path when he needed to. His feet weren't as effective in blocking. So if you're not athletic enough in the passing game and you don't block well, uh, I think Jordan Franks has a clear uh, leg up there. So if they don't do anything crazy, um, if they don't do anything crazy, they they could potentially, uh, with the tight ends, adding a tight end, waiver wire, trade, whatever, they could maybe activate one of those guys from the practice squad when they want to. Probably Jordan Franks. Okay? Um... Next question. Oh, sorry. Kareem had said here, Nate Z and Joe Thomas really like him. I like Keandre Thomas too. He got early snaps in that game. He played nickel corner for a large portion of that game. And at right from the start, the Browns matched every time the Jags came out with 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end. Keandre Thomas, number 49, terrible number, by the way, number 49 was on the field. He played a ton and I liked him. He was sticky. I know he didn't grade all too well because he gave up a touchdown to Tavon Austin, but the next play on the two-point conversion made a great play on the ball. He's a he's an undrafted free agent. Like, I thought he played really well. I thought he mirrored routes well, uh, was in the hip pocket and phase. I liked him, so I hope they can find a way to keep him around. I really do like him. Didn't I hear from Stefanski late last year? They're only about 70% of the playbook. Yeah, there's a lot they're adding. I think you're going to see some really fun wrinkles throughout the season. I have no doubt about that. I have no doubt about that. I think they could, uh, uh, this question again comes up about Carlson. It could mean that they keep Felton as sort of that hybrid, and, and that's how they solve that issue, right? Six wide receivers and the hybrid fourth running back. That's how they fix that issue. But you're counting on your tight end, your three tight ends to stay healthy. I mean, Hooper and Njoku both missed time last year, significant chunks of time. I know Njoku, or sorry, Hooper's uh, issue was sort of rare, but uh, it's still, still something to keep your eye on. Uh, why don't people cross train at center? I don't know what that means. Maybe someone can clear that up for me. Is Sheldon day the real deal? Yeah. I think Sheldon day has been playing better than anyone wants to give him credit for. He's been rotating in from the early portions of camp with the, uh, with the early groups, the first team. Sometimes I think he backs up or can play alongside billings. He can play shade or three tech. He started at three tech the other day. He could back up Malik Jackson. He was as of right now, Sheldon days, your leader in the clubhouse for, for your, your third defensive tackle position. 
You think Felton gets more snaps at running back this week? I do. People were surprised he didn't play running back the other day. I wasn't because he'd only been practicing as a wide receiver. It was noted today he had been practicing at running back, getting those reps. You know, a running back has to get reps with his um, quarterback. They have to do mesh stuff. They have to go through how the footwork works between the handoff directions. Is it wide zone, tight zone, power, counter, whatever it is. They have to work on that stuff. He has to practice there to get reps there. So sounds like he is doing that this week. So there's a chance he will play some running back. Who is someone you think will be cut by another team the Browns will be interested in? That's a great question. Chubbsolutely. It's a great name. It's a great question. Something Stephen Thomas is fantastic at looking at around the league to see guys like that. I will circle back and have a better answer for that in the next few weeks. Come back with that question uh, because the Browns will be sniffing around the waiver wire. Okay. Uh, Dunn does not have a ton of center experience. He He's, he's doing some of it um, and he's done some snapping here, but he does not have a ton of center experience. Okay. Uh, that might be all caught up on questions over here. And Billman, thanks for subscribing to the Twitch. We really appreciate that. We're going to keep going. How many pancake blocks will Teller rack up versus DBs with these new rules? That's a Matt Reed. It's a good question. I don't know if you guys saw this, but the NFL has banned anytime teams put linemen on the outside, whether that's a screen pass or like a pin pull sweep, you can't take linemen's legs out in order to avoid a block or create a pile outside of the two yards outside of the tackle box. So, uh, for you, 190-pound corners, I'm looking at you, Greedy. I'm looking at you, Newsom. You better be as aggressive as you can and beat them at the point of attack because if you let those linemen get into you, they're going to roll up on you and they're going to cause some serious issues. So I think Wyatt Teller will be a guy who might have some highlight blocks this year. Yeah, pretty pretty safe to say. He said he asked this on another account, but with the rise of really good young receivers, is Higgins' roster spot in jeopardy? We addressed that earlier a little bit, Matt, with uh, sort of – if they could, if they could potentially trade him, he's not getting cut. He's too good to get cut. Um, it's too good to cut to, to way too good to get cut. Um, yeah, I know. I understand money dog about the, about the knees thing. I get it. But when you have 300 pound players coming at 190, 200 pound, they have to protect themselves somehow. So I get why they would be concerned too. It, it creates, I think it creates a balance issue um, on how defenses are able to stop offenses. I, I, and I'm not the only one saying that. I have concerns about how that's going to put defenses at a severe disadvantage. Offensive linemen have to be ready for somebody to go low on them in space. They just have to be ready for it. Um, And I I think they can be ready for it in a way that, you know, getting rolled up as a smaller player, I don't know. I just, it's an interesting rule. I I think it's going to get changed over time. Um, Going into the season, besides double doing, what position is most concerning? I think Chase McLaughlin's leading the kicking battle. Say what you want, but... I think he's leading the kicking battle. He got the first kick in the game the other day. He's been more consistent in camp. He's kicked in the NFL for a couple different teams throughout the last two years. He's going to be a kicker in this league whenever he figures out a long-term home. I think he kicks the ball with more power, comes off of his foot cleaner. Um, I just wouldn't be surprised if he takes that. The other position group that's most concerning to me is the depth along both defensive line positions. They need The Browns need some guys to step up at DN and prove themselves to be worthy. They also need some guys along the defensive interior to prove up that, that they need to be in that fourth or fifth defensive tackle location. Those are things that concern me. Felton on the 53-man roster. I think as of now, I feel great about that. Will fullback be on the roster? With the fourth tight end now being hurt, I think there will be a fullback on the roster. They might not have even been in question before this, but I think it's very real that the fullback will be an active part of the roster. Is there any specific personnel that you think the Browns may run more of than they did last year? 
If anything, they uptick, it would be 11 personnel. Okay, that's what I think. It won't be much, but they could uptick in the 11 personnel. Um, let's see, Baker looking slim. Do you think there might be more running this year? I think he likes to be slim to get out and throw on the run, bootleg stuff. I definitely think Jason Walker, good question. I think he wants to be able to escape the pocket and run too. He, he decided to commit to his health a couple of years ago before the 2020 season. I think after 2019, got away from him. So if Denzel Ward can't go for week one, who would you line up against Tyreek Hill? Right now, I think you could give Greg Newsom a crack at it. I'd feel okay with it for the most part, as good as you can feel with Tyreek Hill. And then, uh, and then maybe Troy Hill will run at it. But otherwise, you better bracket him. You better bracket him high and low. Okay. Um, do you see or anticipate seeing a continued uptick in 11 personnel? We have answered that. Okay. I think you could see a little bit of an uptick, but I don't think it's going to be as drastic as some people think. Let me see here. Do you have any impressions of James Hudson on field qualities? I think Hudson's hyper athletic. I think he can handle the position, but I'm not sure about how quick he'll be ready. He has a problem. And again, in five, 10 minutes here, we're going to jump on the all 22 with handling speed uh, and power because his upper body and lower body weren't working in cohesion. He was, he was punching people, trying to go through his kick step punch. And when he was punching to get his initial shot on the rusher, he was stopping his feet. And that, that caused a whole bunch of problems in both phases, speed and power. Anthony Schwartz is not on the cut line. They'll end up keeping Felton and Schwartz somehow, some way. It'll work out, I promise. And it's Meyer, not Myers. Okay, it's it's Kroger, not Kroger's. All right, it's re dash sign, not resign. Just need to reiterate some of those things. Bluey versus Peppa Pig stage keel, uh, a state steel cage match. Probably Peppa Pig uh, has a little bit more, a little bit more weight. And uh, I think right now with how my son is all about Peppa Pig, as he says, I think he's got the leader in the clubhouse uh, with that one. I do love Bluey, though. So great. Peppa Pig. You know, it's Peppa Pig's okay. He's just, I think he really likes saying the word Peppa Pig. We're off the rails here with these questions. Of course it comes from Steve. It's Dorothy Explorer's music. This might be the end of it. I heard the idea mentioned on separating quarterback salary from the rest. Listen, this is what I'm saying. I'm going to spend the last few minutes on this saying when everybody is signed in the NFL, okay? It's always a man they overspent. Duh, look at the look, I can't believe they made that deal. It's so rare to have everybody say like that's a great deal unless it's an elite quarterback, right? Like I I don't know. There's this weird thing in the NFL right now where we're all sort of like afraid to pay people. And it's like, why? Why has the league gotten to this point where everybody's so afraid to pay good play- pay good players? You know, I understand that there are positions that yield better results, but I like we should be encouraging people to get paid. And if we're too afraid to pay people because we have to pay quarterbacks 35, 40 million a year, well then let's do something to mitigate that. Maybe you only count 50% of the quarterback against the salary cap, but it's a flaw. We should see pay, players getting paid around the league. And we do for the most part, but like the whole discussion around guys getting paid is they can't believe they paid that. There should never be a discussion of not paying Nick Chubb. There should never. The based on where I get there's other running backs, but like, where he's at, where he's going, there should never be a discussion on that. It's an annoying part of the NFL right now. 
The NBA has a salary cap too, but they'll let you go over it. And when you find talent in the NBA, you keep it. So I just think that there's some things that the, the NFL does a lot of things great, but I think there's some things that they could, they could do a better job at, uh, at, at helping guys get paid who are good in the NFL. Because right now it seems like the rest of the league is crafting ways to pay guys less. How do we pay you less? It's like, I don't understand how that's for a sport that you're putting guys are putting their body on the line like this. I mean, like Jamal Adams is one of the best players in the NFL at his position. I get it. He does some very niche things, but he's very good. And he got like, someone made a comment on my Twitter feed. They got like Josh Hart money in the NBA. And if you're not an NBA fan, you're probably like, who the hell is Josh Hart? Exactly. That's the point. We got to find a way to pay guy. I get that there's more people on the roster, the expense, but the NFL makes so much money. Should not be a problem. Anyway, I'm going to get back to these questions. I'm sorry. Uh, it looks like, is it Dunners or Dooners? I, I, I'm excited about the movie Dune coming out. But anyway, uh, thoughts on the safety room? Seems insane competition. Uh, well, they got to get healthy, which if, it, if from what we heard, Ronnie Harrison and Grant Delpit are coming back, that'll help. Uh, Elijah Benton started at one safety and Javante Moffat started at the other safety. And I don't think anybody was expecting that to happen at any point this uh, leading up to this season. So uh, Richard LeCount, I really liked what I saw from Richard LeCount. It's obviously going to be John Johnson, Grant Delpit, Ronnie Harrison. You hope Grant Delpit gets back to where he was uh, at LSU his last year heading into the season. Um, I, I don't want you to think he's going to be ready to go right away. He's going to need time, especially now missing time with the hamstring. But I think Richard LeCount's fighting with, with Sheldrick Redwine for the fourth safety role, and if Sheldrick doesn't come back soon from the ankle, then um, it's going to be uh, by default uh, Richard LeCount. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, I'm going through stream of consciousness stuff here. I did say Dune, which is going to be fantastic. The books were good. I can't wait to to watch the movie. Um, let's see here. A couple questions. Jamie Gillen, I have not been encouraged by some of the things I've seen at camp and at the Orange and Brown practice. But I thought he kicked really well the other day. Great hang time. He put one down inside the 10-yard line from the other side of his 50. Really like that. He's got to have a better season to be a long-term part of the Browns. Uh, Curtis Weaver questions. Didn't seem to make an impact. Seemed to be a better run game defender. Just this again. I got to make the reiteration. This is a one-game sample size. So there's more that these guys can prove over the next two weeks. Okay, It's very important to remember that. Uh, Weaver didn't seem to make an impact. I didn't think he was as effective as a rusher as I expected. Not quite as quick off the football, lacks some explosion. But when he can power, try to power rush you and get a little bit of a speed move off that power rush, he's got something kind of there. So he's he's on the outside looking in. I think that Cameron Malveaux, I think Joe Jackson, Porter Gustin, obviously if Tack McKinley comes back, are all out in front of him. But there could be... If he plays really well the next two weeks, he could have a chance. He's got to prove it, though. Do you think the NFL will forget uh, the crackdown on taunting after so much backlash? It just seemed like they're making... Yeah, I... <laughs> they want you to celebrate in the end zone, apparently. You can have all this fun in the end zone, but you can't get fired up and talk trash on the field. I think it's it's destined for some really sad penalty flags being thrown. And if we all know anything from our Browns history and fandom, it's going to be at the wrong time. If Jarvis Landry is in the video teaching them people what not to do, uh, I, I think we're headed towards the alley of a uh, of a couple penalty flags for taunting. Um, okay, that's forty five minutes of my stream of consciousness stuff. Uh, I hope I hope it was okay. I hope you liked ans me answering all those questions from my review of film and all of that. And 
take it for what it's worth. Uh, taunting penalty during a play, I would assume you can. Play's not over and you're hulking over top of someone after a block or something. Yeah, I, th I think you can. Okay, I'm fully aware, guys, that at the beginning of the week, you're just going to hear my voice a lot. There's really no point in me bringing somebody on to talk about offensive and defensive scouting notes because nobody does it like me. They're not... Uh, they're not they're not going through the tape and it would just be a waste of my time asking other people questions and I don't say that in a pompous way I say that in as like I don't want to put somebody in that situation because it's a lot of time and effort maybe we could have one time John Costco from Pro Football Focus come join us I'm not sure if he'll have the time early in the week because he's a busy guy too so you are the Sunday night reaction to the game victory whatever is going to be me Monday Tuesday is going to be me Wednesday Thursday I will try to have a guest uh, and even Friday, too. I'll try to pull in some other voices as sort of a piggyback to my Behind Enemy Lines write-up I will do every week. I'll bring on somebody who covers the opposing team closely. We already have a, a Giants guest set up and ready to go, a couple of them on the Blue Wire Network. We can, we can cross over, and uh, they do a film breakdown section over there so we can have a good conversation about where the Giants are heading into this year. And I think it's good. We had two people on, two different uh, focal points from the Jaguars last week. We'll keep doing that. I want to enlighten you on who the Browns play so you have an idea of who they are on the field, numbers, all that stuff. Uh, like I said, it'll be it'll be all you need to know to be prepared for the team coming up and all the information you need on the game you just watched early in the week. And we will try to, like I said, mix in some really interesting guests in the middle of the week who have who have good insights because I think that's pretty important. And we'll try to get our OBR colleagues on as well if we don't bog them down too much. So if you didn't watch Twitch, the second hour is really fun. It's all, all 22. I think that's going to be up for a little bit today. It's going to get taken down at some point. So if you want to go watch it, I'd encourage you to go watch it quickly. Uh, but otherwise, you should try to join us live on Tuesday nights because that's where you're going to get stuff without it being filtered out or deleted the next day. We try to keep those things uh, only, only you know, fully operating for uh, for for the people that that tune into the show. So we don't want to leave those things lingering too long. Tough day coming up. To let you know, I have some traveling going. Wife and I are going on a trip down to North Carolina area. Uh, we have a tough day tomorrow. Unfortunately, we have to put. Uh, one of our one of our cats down who's very sick. He's an older cat, very sick, lost a lot of weight. So it's going to be a tough day in our household. Um, not really not looking forward to it. But we leave Thursday morning, so I'm going to try to have some things pre pre recorded for you guys before I head down south, and then try to do a live podcast again. Uh, try to do something Sunday night after the game, so you have something fresh for your Monday morning. I'll have everything still. I have a Thursday pod for you, Friday pod, Saturday preview, Sunday game day prep edition. You know, I'm going on a little vacation, but we never sleep. We never take time off. It's football season. So you'll have those those things waiting on you. And then we'll have our Monday film review session as usual. So I appreciate you guys always supporting the OBR and supporting me. I, 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 think, I think I need to let you know it means the world to me. I'm going to try to get my only solo voice off of here every now and again get some other voices in here to enlighten you so at the end of the day i just want to thank you for all your support thank you for listening to this podcast and as usual go browns every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. 
Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.